0: You are listening to the
1: Reality Steve podcast with your host, Reality Steve. He's got all the latest info and behind-the-scenes juice on Bachelor in Paradise and interviewing some of your favorite reality stars. Now, here's Reality Steve.
0: What's up, everyone? Welcome to podcast number 146. Forty-six, 146, I'm your host, Reality Steve. Thank you all for tuning in. Got a great show for you this week. It is the third time for Entertainment Weekly's Kristen Baldwin to come on. We talk the Hannah season, so we haven't had her on for that. Spend a little time on that. We spend a little time on Dancing with the Stars, a little uh, Bachelor in Paradise for you, and then Kristen and I talk about our current favorite happening right now on television, which is the Beverly Hills Nano 0 reboot. And then we get a little preview of fall shows that Kristen has been able to get screeners for because she is a critic for EW.com. So, um, yeah, not a whole lot to get to uh, before that. As you know, uh, please rate, subscribe, and review an Apple podcast. It's much appreciated. Thank you so much for that. If you have not checked out episode 22 of the He Said, She Said podcast, which I released this past Tuesday, please do. It is one of our favorite callers, uh, and it's a, a, a married interracial couple, Shelby and Malik, who called in uh, to discuss, and I didn't even know until after the fact when Shelby's been promoting it on her own Instagram, that they hadn't really shared this story with with friends. Um, Friends were kind of hearing this story for the first time, close friends of theirs. So I just assumed everybody in her inner circle knew, but apparently that's not the case. So it's the He Said, She Said podcast from Tuesday. It's episode 22 with Shelby and Malik, a married interracial couple that is dealing with the fact that Shelby's parents have basically disowned her since she started dating Malik 10 years ago and they got married three years ago. And Malik is black. Shelby is white. And what she has gone through from her family, it is it is it's heartbreaking to listen to. It's sad to listen to. It's pathetic to listen to. But on the flip side, the way Shelby and Malik come across in the call and the way they have handled things uh, after basically she's been disowned by her family for being married to a black man. It's just it makes you just scratch your head in 2019 that we're still dealing with this. Um, it's just it's sad, but it's also really cool to listen to them because they have such a positive attitude about it. I It's it, it's amazing. So please go listen to that if you if you haven't already. Um, don't have any really notes to get to, uh, as you know, Bachelorette. Final episodes 11 and 12 are airing, or excuse me, Bachelor in Paradise. Final episodes 11 and 12 airing this upcoming Monday and Tuesday. And then they're going to show the reunion episode on Tuesday, September 17th, the night after the Dance with the Stars premiere. So look out for that. In case you didn't read this week or skipped over it or whatever, uh, as you listen to this, I'll be heading to Vegas for my annual first week of NFL season trip that I go on. This is the one I look forward to all season, so wish me luck there. I'm excited. I'm always excited when uh I go to Vegas, but this trip is always extra special because there's so much good people watching. First week of NFL season, it is just you can't top it, seriously. Like the people, the fans, everybody in their jerseys, the the anger some people get uh when their team is losing, the the jubilation when someone's winning, when someone's bet wins in the in the last minute of a game or somebody loses a bet in the last minute of the game, it is just it is awesome to watch. I, I love the people watching on first week of NFL season. Uh, the, the roar of the crowd at kickoff when you, and there's 10 games in the morning on Sunday and all the kickoffs are happening at the same time and the, and the sportsbook goes crazy. Uh, yeah, that's uh, officially the sign the NFL is here to me because uh, preseason NFL is bullshit and nobody gives a crap about that. So when they all kick off Sunday morning, um, that is the official start. I know there's a game tonight, Bears-Packers. Yeah, there'll be a crowd in the sportsbook watching, but it's that Sunday morning when 10 kickoffs are happening simultaneously. That's a really cool moment. Maybe I'll even film that for you and uh, and uh, put, post it on my Instagram and or Twitter. So uh, so you can get the feel, even though you're not going to be there. Um, so anyway, as you listen to this, I'm headed there. Uh, wish me luck, and let's get to it. Podcast number 146, EntertainmentWeekly.com's Kristen Baldwin. Okay, let's welcome in our guest. Uh, she is the TV critic at EW.com. She's been on the podcast a couple times. This is, I think, time number three. It's Kristen Baldwin. I, Kristen, how are you?
1: Good. I think it is time number three.
0: Yeah, this is number three. I think at five, uh, this is very much like Saturday Night Live. You will get a uh, smoker's jacket, robe kind of deal with the Five Timers <laughs> Club. I'm oh, <And>, excited. Uh, <laughs> I want to be part of the Five Timers Club. Um, so anyway... Um, we haven't spoken to you since I believe the end of January, maybe beginning of February. So that was, you know, a few episodes into Colton season. I don't want to talk about Colton season. I think that's been beaten to a pulp. I um, agree. But let's let's talk about Hannah's for a little bit. Not recapping the whole season, but just the gist of of things since we haven't had you on since Hannah's season started and completed airing. What was sure. your? I mean, first off, did you enjoy Hannah's season?
1: You know, I did. I mean, I I think we've talked about this. I always, even if I have, uh, you know, even if in the moment I'm annoyed with the show or I'm annoyed with the contestants or annoyed with somebody like Luke, I still watch and I still ultimately enjoy it. So, yeah, I mean, I was super annoyed with the fact that it was like constantly the Luke show and he was gross and all of that. But I also I did enjoy her season. I think it was a good season, um, you know, in in that it certainly wasn't boring. I feel like she deserves a do over. <laughs> <laughs> but but I don't know that she would want to Although though, she probably would want to do
0: it. Yeah. Yeah. I think that seems to be some sentiment that uh, because of the way it turned out for her, that she's going to get a second season. I I doubt it. I have a feeling that Hannah is going to be off doing bigger and better things. Hell, this weekend. So on Sunday, I'm getting ready to watch the college football game on ABC that starts at 630 out here. And from 6 to 630, they have a intro to the fall season on oh ABC yeah. programming hosted by Hannah B. and Donald Faison. How do you pronounce his last name? Faison? 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 Faison. Yeah. And it's hosted by her and him. They're doing like intros to, hey, check out this final season of Modern Family coming up on ABC. And I'm like, okay, we already know what yeah. she's headed. So, she doesn't need to be the bachelorette again. Um we are, you know, we know about Dance with the stars, but in terms of Hannah herself, not even just overall her season, considering where she came from on Colton's season where she had the first 1-1 of the season on her birthday and couldn't even give a simple toast. Um, to where she was on her seat and then to the the after the final rose where she was announced as the bachelorette and she literally was giving chris harrison one word answers and she completely froze on camera how did you feel she did as the lead
1: i mean yeah it really is a remarkable turnaround because i'll remind also you know of course she was painted sort of as, as a villain at first on season and then eventually was redeemed and then she wanted the fierce love or whatever it was that she said in her exit i really do think that you know she was um she ended up proving a lot of us wrong in terms of those of us who were like oh this season is gonna kind of be a disaster like who she's boring that first night on after the final rose when she had to do her rose ceremony and like couldn't you know, was just clearly not polished. It was at least that moment you were like, okay, well, you know, it's going to be interesting because she's, she's definitely not, you know, sort of a robot. And, uh, and she did prove herself to be, uh, you know, funny and, and have a lot of personality. So, you know, I think overall uh, she definitely uh, redeemed herself and, you know uh, I think people ended up rooting for her, Uh, And they would have even if Jed hadn't turned out to be, you know, an asshat. (laughs) Yeah, I think I
0: think with Hannah. Honestly, in my book, one of the better bachelorettes we've had, I'm not even talking about her season or her guys. I just think her as the lead, there was there was a lot of fourth wall breaking this season, and I don't know if that's going to become a new trope going forward for them but I just really liked the way she was shot and the way she handled things. Um, and I, yeah. And the I, Luke stuff I, is, the, uh, real quick, the Luke stuff, I, I know when I say I like the way she handled things, immediately people will be like, why didn't she let go, Luke go way earlier than she did? And then it just turns into the whole conversation of look, She has, hey, Hannah was her own worst enemy in that aspect because it's not like, as we've seen in, past seasons the lead says look i have no idea what's going on in the house i i don't see what you guys are seeing right she kept literally lecturing luke every episode it seemed like like hey take a step back hey we need to talk or whatever and then yet she kept keeping around so that was her own fault but as a lead it was almost like she was learning throughout the process and then finally had the aha moment and yeah it took her longer than probably the audience wanted but i felt it it actually made sense for her story
1: yeah, I agree. And I do think that she um, she knew uh, even and she said along the way, like she there were red flags that she was kind of willfully ignoring because she, you know, really did like him. But, uh, you know, it was the straw that broke the camel's back when he was just like, you can't have sex with anyone else. And, you know, so whatever it took, good for her. But I believed I believed her. You know, I believed that that was really you know, the moment that she decided like enough of this and we've all stayed in relationships longer than we should have. So uh, I think this is, I, I did appreciate it and I hope that she does go on to, you know, go on to, you know, be successful in whatever she decides she wants to do. Cause she seems, you know uh, she seems like a generally decent person, especially uh, considering, you know, that she's a contestant on the bachelor and the bachelorette.
0: The ending of the show with Jed versus Tyler. I mean, you could forget the girlfriend stuff with Jed, anything that even happened has happened post-show with Jed and with Tyler and his situation. People still don't even understand why she didn't pick Tyler over Jed in the first place. Like, why do you think she did choose Jed ultimately over Tyler? Oh
1: God, it's such a good question. I mean, (sighs) I think because, you know, we often see that when um, the families are kind of pushing somebody toward, you know, one of the choices that uh, the person ends up going for the other choice. Yeah, I think, you know, it and that that happened initially with uh with uh mesnick and of course he then pulled a mesnick and uh changed his mind but it 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 just happens it's something that you know that seems people seem to get sort of internally like i'm not gonna do you know i'm gonna rebel you know when my whole family's saying pick tyler you know well no it's me and Jed against the world you know we're gonna prove them wrong and you know look, I don't know. There could have been other things too that we just don't know about. It doesn't also seem like Tyler's the sharpest knife in the drawer. Not that she's, you know, super intelligent either. She seems perfectly, you know, capable and smart, but like she may have wanted more than just his pretty face. Um, And I don't, you know, Jed was painted so much as a you know, kind of a villain in the second half of the season because of what we knew that um, we don't really know what his good qualities were, if any. Um, but, you know, so I think there were a lot of factors going into it. And it's I'm you know, it's too bad that Tyler then moved on to what's her face, the model, because I would have liked to see them together. Or I would have liked to see Tyler as bachelor if we weren't going to get Mike. Um, but yeah. now you know both of those ships have sailed.
0: Yeah, I think um, with the Jed girlfriend story, it's it's it was kind of fascinating to me just on a production level. Like, yeah, I just you know this this comes up June eighteenth is when everything broke, which was. Show started May 13th. So we were about four or five episodes into the season. The show already knows yeah. who Hannah chose at the end. She, They knew sure. she was with Jed. And then they get this tip that, hey, this girlfriend has spoken to people. The magazine's getting released. And then they use that at the end to show us, hey, look at what she did. She took the magazine and she confronted him on it and stuff like that. I thought the whole production aspect of it was pretty amazing. Um, the fact that real life is now intervening in this show, which I think think makes it way more interesting for it in the past. I don't think something like that ever would have been addressed. They don't don't like doing that. And now it's almost like they kind of, they kind of have to.
1: And you know what? It worked for them. I mean, honestly, like this has happened in some degree Since, you know, you started spoiling the show in that, like, more and more of the show has to acknowledge the fact that people are reading about what's happening off camera and they're reading spoilers and they're reading, you know, they're not just getting their story up of the show from the show. And so in a way the show has always had to start, you know, in the past it's just been like, Oh, you've heard the rumors, but blah, blah, blah. Now they've really had to kind of address this season, especially, I feel like, you know, the edit for Jed certainly um, hinted once, you know, once June rolled around started hinting that he was maybe not the best guy. And so, because they, they knew they were working up to this big you know, sort of, it, that it was going to go sideways at the end. And actually, I think that's a good thing. I think, you know, the fact embracing the spoilers and this sort of outside interference, just like adding more fourth wall stuff is a good way for the show to evolve. We're all very savvy viewers. They don't have to interject spoilers into the show for people who don't want them, but they also can't pretend that they don't exist and that those storylines aren't happening concurrently outside. So I think I think the sh- way the show handled it this season was interesting and and smart and I hope they, you know, continue to do that. What do you
0: think Jed's plan was through all <laughs> oh of this?
1: <laughs> like oh I'm, I'm still
0: trying to figure out what did he think was going to happen? Steve, like Steve
1: Steve, I think he just didn't think he was going to get that far and I think the farther he got, he was kind of like he was so far in, he was just like okay, I'm just going to ride this out. I'm just going to ride this out. You know, more time on the show means more exposure for my terrible singing. And then like, he literally was just like, I think he, he just felt like, okay, I have to, I have to propose because, you know, and I'll figure it out later. I think he figured, you know, everybody breaks up or almost everybody breaks up, you know, within two weeks to six months of after the finale airs. So, so what if I propose and then we don't stay together um, you know, he claims and claimed that he had had, you know, actually developed real feelings for her. But I think he was just like, you know, essentially painted himself into a corner and just decided to go through the motions and figure it all out after the show finished.
0: I guess. I guess I mean, my, my biggest thing. <laughs> my th- yeah, my biggest thing that I think I was saying when this was all airing was just I, I don't think that he ever thought Haley would would go to the press with what she Mm -hmm. did. And even if she goes to the press with just, hey, I was dating this guy. He was with me the night before he left for filming, or I took him to the airport. That stuff can all end up being he said, she said. But the second she showed receipts, he he was finished. And he must have just... I mean, when he heard that story was dropping and saw when it came out that she provided text messages and that card, um, I'm sure he was like, oh, God, there's just... There's no way. I mean, I I don't I he's got to deep down believe Hannah had no choice than to let him go and not believe him after that. But
1: yeah. And I mean, who knows? I mean, who knows what he really wanted out of that situation other than to like just get away, you know, because like it clearly was not going to end up well. Um, But yeah, I mean, I I think it's good that his ex-girlfriend did you know, come forward. And I do think that like, they're going to need to, I know that they sort of did this this past season where they posted, you know, a bunch of the contestants, all of them, maybe more than actually ended up on the show early. So that like, you know, American detect, you know, social media detectives could ferret out any guys that had, you know, issues or who maybe were problematic. I do think they should do that in a more formal way, you know, like, uh, Although I understand that there could be legal repercussions in telling, you know, telling people dig up dirt on these thirty men, you know, but uh, but I do think that that needs to become a regular thing where it's like, you know, okay, Bachelor Nation, here here are the thirty men competing for the Bachelorette, and to some degree, thirty women competing for the Bachelor, uh, and you know, speak now if you know something about them, or forever hold your peace, and you know, hopefully that'll become a regular part of how this show works because we, we're obviously at a point now where people not being in it for the right reasons, quote unquote is sort of a regular part of the storyline.
0: Yeah. And I think, I think we're going to get that with all future bachelorette seasons. I do yeah. think they're going to release the guys early um, like they did. And I don't think they're going to do it for bachelor season just because,
1: I mean, let's face it, to, yeah.
0: They, they, yeah. I mean, it's just, if the guy, if there's going to be bad behavior, it's usually by men. I mean, unfortunately. Yeah,
1: I mean, in in duplicitous, you know, sure, there are plenty of women who go on who just want to, you know, get better rates for their Instagram ads or whatever. But, like, that doesn't, you know, nobody's, like, specifically, you know, gotten this far after having, like, a girlfriend or a boyfriend back home. So.
0: Okay, guys, take a break real quick. Talk to you about Greenlight. The Greenlight card helps teach kids how to be smart with money with a debit card for kids that parents can manage with a handy app. Greenlight is an easy solution to transfer money to your kids without having to search for an ATM to take out cash. Greenlight also offers parents the ability to decide the exact stores where their kids can spend, the opportunity to craft customized chore lists, and an automated allowance function. Greenlight believes that the kids learn through doing. That's why the Greenlight app teaches lessons in trade-off decisions and money management skills That children will use as adults. The kids version of the Greenlight app encourages them to monitor balances, set savings goals, and track their progress. As I told you last week, my sister is using this uh, for her son, my nephew, uh, and he loves it. It's something that he's starting to learn more about, money management in school. He's a 7th grader. It's weird because when I was thinking back on it, I was like, I didn't know anything about money management in 7th grade. So, But then again, I was also in 7th grade 4,000 years ago. So... I guess they're teaching it at an earlier age, which is good. I think that's uh, something that should be taught. Uh, balancing a checkbook, how to, what things cost, the value of a dollar, all that stuff. I had no clue, probably until I got to high school. So anyway, join Greenlight today at GreenlightCard.com slash Steve. That's GreenlightCard.com slash Steve. Now let's get back to Kristen Baldwin uninterrupted for the remainder of the podcast. I want to move on to Dancing with the Stars. Um, because we know Hannah's going to be on that and just real quick, handicapping it based on the cast.
1: Who do you like so far? I mean, I'm all in on James Vanderbeek, no matter what he does. (laughs) Um, I love him. I think he's a perfect example of a celebrity who got famous for something, uh, you know, which he then resented for a while, but ultimately embraced Mm -hmm. and that, you know, and, like a lot of people, you know, Tori Spelling's another example, Luke Perry, may he rest in peace, was another example of somebody who, you know, there are a lot of celebrities, as you know, who kind of are very bitter about being famous for one thing and then, you know, never really being able to move past that. But I think Vanderbeek, by embracing his persona, has really been able to. Uh, and he just seems like a really great guy, and he's got like six kids, and he's a devoted dad and, and husband. And I don't know, I just love him, and I hope that he, uh, I hope he does well.
0: And not that it matters who can dance, since we know it's a popularity contest at this sure. point. But just looking at it on the outside, I don't care if Hannah has two left feet. I don't think there's any way she doesn't at least make the final five, and probably. I'd be pretty shocked if she doesn't make the finals of this show. Like, I just think her popularity and this wave of popularity that she's riding right now will supersede any sort of dancing skills she may or may not have. And she's going to end up very far into this show because of the smile, the likability she's funny kind of the aw shucks you know what is me thing like that's going to get her far on this show yeah
1: and i you know she's pretty and she's fun to watch and she you know she's a she's a good charismatic on-camera personality so even if you don't know her as the bachelorette um you know people will find her endearing so yeah i mean i don't have any idea who's actually a good enough dancer to win um but yeah i do think that from a popularity standpoint she will be very uh likable
0: yeah uh for sure i think she is she is somebody that a lot of people will get behind um even fans that didn't watch bachelor yeah at and her on colton season i don't think it matters i think she's she's kind of got that she's perfect for that show like it is a given and it's and it is pretty amazing we've talked about this in the past it is pretty amazing that she She's the first Bachelorette to ever be on Dancing with the Stars. Now, I know people will say Trista was, and she was, but Trista was also on the very first season of Dancing with the Stars where they had six contestants. They didn't even know if this was going to be a, a yeah. hit in the United States, and she was on it. But there's been plenty of other candidates that people have asked for, the Andes, the Jojos, the Caitlin's that yeah. never got a chance to go on this. Yeah. And now, or said no. And yeah, or said you know. And now we we finally have a bachelorette lead. The only other female from this franchise that was on Dancing with the Stars was Melissa Rycroft. and that was yeah. basically because of what happened to her. She had America behind her. She was the underdog. Yeah. And she actually made it on because, wasn't there an injury that season? And that's why they put her on last minute?
1: Yeah, I think so. And she was, I remember that, like, she was very last minute. They didn't even have costumes tailored for her. They had to, like, you know, put her in somebody else's costumes and, like, try to sew them onto her so that they would fit. But yeah, you know, I do think good for her, good for Hannah. Like, if this is what she wants and she wants to be on an on camera personality, then, you know, this is her, uh, this is definitely the right step for
0: her. Let's move on to bachelor in paradise because it's been such an interesting season again. Um, in the ratings it's doing great. Um, and there's so many storylines to deal with, with them this season. But I I first want to start out with how much the show is changing by incorporating again, kind of breaking that fourth wall, incorporating off season drama into paradise. It seems like this is the direction (laughs) that they're headed. They, they almost yeah. have to. So I'm curious if you like it.
1: You know, I do because like it actually in a lot of ways has been kind of a boring season. And imagine if there hadn't been the whole uh, stagecoach drama <laughs> with with Blake in the first several episodes. Like what would we have been watching? And I do think, you know, slowly but surely the franchise and the overlords of the franchise are becoming comfortable with the idea of you know embracing the, the outside world and what happens in the outside world. And we all know and have known for years that these people hook up off camera, they meet each other at meetups and fan events and I guess some kind of sponsored tent at Stagecoach or something. And like, you know, of course they all have history, so why not incorporate that into the storytelling? Because we're all, you know... Like people get, and we will discuss this. People got so angry that Christian, who's Demi's girlfriend, you know, why is she allowed to be there? She's not a member of Bachelor Nation. like people actually care about you know uh these people as like ongoing characters in their soap opera, and so uh, yeah, I think it's very smart that they incorporated the stagecoach stuff and the Blake stuff and him going to visit what's her face in Alabama and all of that like. Uh, especially when, you know, you're not really seeing a whole lot of interesting romances down there uh, this season, you know, with the possible exception at this point, Mike, I guess the only one that I'm really kind of into weirdly enough is Katie and uh, and uh, Bukowski.
0: Yeah. And I think the one way to look at it from a, from the production side of it is what can you, if people are complaining that there's too much stuff going on outside and whatever, but what can production do? Um, You can't, you can't tell these people. I I guess the one thing they, they technically could do, although I think it would be disobeyed anyway, um, would be, look, you cannot go, you cannot see somebody. If you want to DM them, if you want to text them, if you want to have conversations with them on the phone or in FaceTime, we can't prevent that from happening. There's no way they can right. ever monitor something like that. But if they find out that somebody visited somebody and somebody spent a weekend with somebody pre-Paradise, I think they can say, hey, if if we find out that you guys saw each other pre-show, you're done. You're not coming on. We're just not going to allow it. Um, and just keep it to, hey, let's talk, let's text. Because I think a lot of us, I, I'll, I'll include myself in this, um. You start talking to somebody and it starts on the phone and it starts through text and then maybe moves to phone and FaceTime. But still, that initial hanging out with that person is when you truly know whether or not there's any sort of vibe there. And I think if you right. if you limit these people to just, hey, you can talk, you can text, you can FaceTime, just don't see each other. Make that time in paradise the first time you actually meet. And, right. actually, and I think that would be a lot more interesting but I still I still think people would go behind their back and they'd be like hey oh, for
1: sure let's see each other like, but we have
0: to be very very careful no this nobody can know about this
1: yeah and it just almost seems like uh I, I think the the easier and probably the more creatively successful thing will be to just uh you know make sure that they're tracking all this stuff you know who's hooking up with who which is not that hard to you know, determine uh, through, you know, keep up with the gossip, have, you know, have some poor PA monitor everybody's social media and, and, you know, bring those storylines in, you know, and cast accordingly, you know, like, oh, and which is what they did this time. I mean, they must've known going into it that Blake and Christina and Kaylin and Hannah all had some kind of, you know, uh, uh, you know, pre-existing relationship. And yeah. so, of course, if you throw them all on the beach, it's going to be a shit show and that's good for them. So, um, so yeah, I mean, I think uh, it's only going to now get more uh, calculated in terms of how the the people who go on paradise, how they behave, you know, in terms of, cause they know, they know now this is all going to catch up with them. So they're going to have to police themselves or, you know, deal with the, you know, <laughs> the, the embarrassing consequences on paradise, which is good for us.
0: Well, I've been the biggest critic out there or one of the biggest critics out there regarding the whole Demi and, and Christian storyline and whatnot. And it has nothing to do with the fact that we have a same sex couple on the show. Um, I've, said that from the very beginning it's like good for them i'm glad they're doing it um because same-sex couples don't get a lot of representation on network television it just doesn't happen and i i was i was thinking about this and and maybe you i mean you being a tv person and going years back i mean i I know you've watched a lot of tv in your life (laughs) is is the first network girl on girl kiss we ever saw when ellen did it on her show was that the first
1: one what? I believe that's uh, no. I, I feel like Roseanne might have had it first when she kissed um, Mariel Hemingway. Um, oh wait, I thought I thought
0: Ellen kissed Mariel Hemingway. Who did Ellen kiss?
1: Ellen kissed. Uh, didn't she kiss Laura Dern? Or am I? Uh, you could
0: be right. I'm I'm blanking.
1: I'm I'm not sure. I just but, remember um, that
0: was such a seminal moment because Ellen has talked yeah. about that as a career she, she was so scared because she thought her career was going to be over after that or whatever. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Um, but to see, to see where it's, it's come something like that to now look, it was reported early that this was going to happen. Oh, sorry, No,
1: I'm just looking it up now. First okay. same sex, same sex kiss on television happened between CJ lamb and Abby Perkins on, uh, LA law. And that was 1991. Then came Roseanne kissing, uh, uh, Muriel Hemingway.
0: Gotcha. Okay. And then anyway, okay. And, yeah. and for, for those who are listening, who are like, wait, what they have, they were having the same sex hookups on real, real world all the time. Like, no, we're talking network television. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Uh, we're talking like, yeah. Network TV scripted, you know, uh, big network shows showing gay yeah. characters.
0: Yeah. It's just, it's just, it took a long time for it to happen. And now for sure, even though we knew this was coming and it was reported that, Hey, this is what you're going to see on um, this season. um, They haven't held back in terms of what they're showing of Demi and Christian either. I mean, it's, it's just a re- it's a regular relationship, which I think is, is good in that aspect. It's how we got there that people seem to be like, okay, yeah, what, what's going on here? So, how do you think that it has been handled in terms of how it came about? How Demi came on the show, basically saying, "I was seeing her pre-show. I, I I wanted some clarity." And then she has Derek for two episodes. They exchange roses. They bring Christian on. Chris Harrison sits Demi down and pretends like he had no idea. And you know, just how did, how did you think? It was handled. And if you could have done it, how would you have presented the story?
1: You know, I mean, I think there is a very decent, if not, um, you know, uh, complete uh, chance that this was all discussed in advance and planned in advance. And that, you know, Demi knew what she was going to do and she discussed it with producers And, uh, you know, I don't know that they, I don't think she faked anything with Derek. I think she probably said, look, I'm dating this girl and, you know, uh, I'll go on paradise and see if I like anybody, but if not, I want to be able to bring my girlfriend on. And they were like, great, you know, and yes, is that, you know, manipulated? (laughs) Sure. Is that, is that, you know, uh contrived, sure, but that's what all reality shows sort of deal with I, and and what they trade in. what my main objection to how people are uh, are angry about uh, people being angry about this is the idea that like, okay, well they're breaking the rules and letting Demi uh, bring her girlfriend on just because it's a same sex relationship. And my my response to that is one, what rules? Two, yeah, and good for them for doing it because it's progress. And I, you know, I think progress like this, you know, is actually important, whether or not it's sort of manipulated or not. And, you know, like a lot of people got angry at Love Island this past season, not the CBS version, the real show. And because, you know, uh, they were saying, oh, it's staged because, you know, Michael, got voted off the island, but then they just got rid of his the woman he was with so he could get back together with Amber. It's like, yeah, the producers are allowed to change the rules in any way that they want that makes the most compelling television. And if that's what they're doing here, and the end result is that a mainstream broadcast network show that gets millions of viewers is showing a positive uh, depiction of a same sex relationship. Great you know like I don't get I don't care I don't care that you know the quote-unquote rules have been violated that said I you know I that's my take on it I know other people and maybe you disagree but that's how I feel about
0: it I think my only thing was in the in the episode where where Derek and Christian met and all that stuff and she Mm -hmm. said they sat down and whatever I think the one thing that I one of the major things I had an issue with was The fact that the word clarity was used three different times uh, where Demi Demi was saying I needed clarity, which to me sounds like, "Okay, I knew what I was doing um, and I'm allowed to do this because the show allowed me to. All that makes me think is, "Okay, if Demi is allowed to use the show for clarity to see if this is someone she really wanted to be with well, when Peter season starts filming, what if a girl comes on Peter's show and says, I got a boyfriend back home, but I really wanted to go on to see if I really had a connection with Peter. I just needed some clarity of if I really wanted to be with my boyfriend back home or if I wanted to be with Peter. I think it's just, you're setting, yeah. you're completely now changing the rules and not the rules of the fact that Christian wasn't Bachelor Nation. I don't care that Christian wasn't Bachelor Nation. Yeah, That doesn't bother me. It's the fact that, if somebody came on to comes on to Peter's season with a boyfriend, how can we complain about it anymore?
1: Well, I the only thing I would say to you about that is I think, you know, Bachelor in Paradise is as was Bachelor Pad, may it rest in peace before this, was always a lot less it's always been a lot less sort of Structured. focused on actual love and structure. I don't think they would you know, I don't think it would be okay for them to do it on The Bachelor or the bachelorette, I think it would be perfectly fine for them to do it next season on bachelor in paradise. If some guy comes on and he has a longtime girlfriend and he wants clarity, fine. You know, we've made the precedent with Demi and now we can do that. You know, now we can do that with, uh, with any other can, you know, contestant. That's fine with me, by the way, like, One of my favorite shows this past year was the reboot of Temptation Island, which was like exactly the same thing. And it was really, really good. So I, I agree with you. It would be wrong if they did it with The Bachelor, because I think The Bachelor and The Bachelorette are treated with a little bit more sort of kid gloves in terms of like, you really have to be looking for love. It's not just about hooking up, but I have no problem with them doing it with same sex or, you know, opposite sex couples in future seasons of bachelor in paradise. And I honestly, maybe they should do it.
0: Yeah. It just, it just seems to me if somebody does it on Peter's season, we can't get on her for it. And her answer could be, well, Demi got to do it. Why can't I?
1: Yeah, I, I think I doubt that would happen, and if it does, you know, I do. And it is, you know, it's not like I can cite a a specific like. Well, here are the rules of the Bachelor, and here are the rules of Bachelor in Paradise. But Bachelor in Paradise is a lot looser, and I think that's understood by everyone. Um, And I, I personally would be offended, you know, as a Bachelor fan, which I know is a little bit of a contradiction. If somebody came on there and just wanted to date Peter, uh, you know, oh God, it's Peter, but you know, date Peter as. As you know, to figure out what they want, I think I don't think producers, you know, would allow that because they, you know, the, the main franchises, the mothership and the fathership, are the sort of sacred cows. To mix all my metaphors, and then uh, you know, paradise is a little bit more anything goes.
0: I know you're disappointed that Peter's our bachelor. I know you wanted Mike badly, um, and I wrote this yesterday, and I thought this was really interesting. The more I think about it, um, I almost feel like not only. Did Mike never really have a chance? Because as of a week and a half ago, when he interviewed with Lauren Zima, he specifically said they haven't even asked me. I haven't even been talked to about it. So, and knowing that Peter' parents got to show up at the after the final rose, he finished third, and they gave the parents. You know, they mic'd him up. They got to talk to him. Like I was just like thinking back on it now. I I I think they knew it was going to be Peter back end of job. Oh, yeah i don't think yeah. I, I think anyone had a chance and now it's almost like and then hearing mike say they haven't even, they haven't even brought it up to me and then,
1: i first of all i'm not sure that's true like i i'm sure they spoke to him i'm sure they spoke to tyler well it you know, depends
0: they, on what they It. i guess we're talking about levels here of yeah like if they just have, asked him about like it,
1: he has to say You know, I I didn't have any meetings with them. Um, And, you know, they may have also just had a general meeting with him where they weren't like, do you want to be the next bachelor? So um, it's possible that he was, you know, being coy. It's possible, you know, that maybe they didn't meet with him. But yeah, I think, you know, Fleiss uh, is very, you know, he knows what, you know, this, we've talked about this. He knows what, what works. He knows what's worked in the past. From you know, day one, he probably saw Peter as Ben Higgins' verse, version 2.0. Yeah. And it was going to be really, 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 really hard to dissuade him and probably the network from going in any other direction.
0: Yeah, I just really don't think that they had a serious conversation because yeah. they could have easily had a conversation over the phone with Mike. But if Mike mm-hmm. didn't get a sit-down, informal, in front of producers in L.A., flown out to L.A. and sat down with them, then he was never a serious candidate to be on the, to be the bachelor. It yeah. Wasn't, I mean, wasn't happening.
1: Had, I just don't understand why they haven't given him any screen time really on, on paradise either. Like yeah. uh, maybe, you know, he's very handsome. He's charming. Uh, he, you know, obviously uh, talks a lot. He's older. He talks a lot about being ready to settle down. He treats the female members of his family like Queens, but you know, there's, there's a lot that we don't see. So I don't know, maybe he's just not very interesting on camera. Maybe. I don't know. Like, I just, I don't know. It's a bummer because, you know, if anybody seemed to have the uh, characteristics needed to be the first black bachelor, it seemed like he had them. Um, but you know, when you're going up against that um, when you're going up against like the second coming of Ben Higgins, it's going to be hard.
0: We've only got about 10 minutes left, so I want to talk about two things in particular. One, something that you and I have talked about off-air, which is the 90210 reboot. Oh, my God, I love it so much! <laughs> um, I, I, I can't tell you how, how how surprised I am by how much I'm enjoying this. I, I set my expectations low because I didn't want to be disappointed because I'm such a nerd yeah. of, of the original. And I've it, it has exceeded all my expectations. I didn't think it would be funny at all because these aren't comedic actors and I think the writing has been like, it's not like I'm slapping my knee every night. Let's be honest. No, but but it's funny. It's funny and it's self deprecating, which is exactly what they needed to do.
1: Exactly. And it's smart and it like, it's purely just for fans. There's absolutely no reason uh, that for somebody who's not a fan to watch, but I will tell you, like there are plenty of, you know there are plenty of fans out there, enough of them that if only the fans tune in, you know they're in good shape and I really do think they've done uh a really really smart job hitting all the notes of what we wanted it's- you know the combination of the nostalgia but also giving us a show that is a soap very similar to the way the original nine oh two one oh was a soap, and you know just the the callbacks and seeing these people together again. And, you know, they really do understand what fans want. And, and I think, you know, a lot of the credit has to go to Tori spelling for really just being so willing to troll herself in such a hardcore way every week. Um, And Jenny Garth's hilarious. I just think they're great. I'm really, yeah. I mean, it's in a lot of ways, the show is, is, Horny and and tacky, but that's also how the original was.
0: So. Oh, for sure. And I just think I think it's really smart to do what they're doing and incorporate and, and acknowledge uh, that it was something that was a major part of their life twenty years ago, and mm-hmm. things that have happened since then. And the thing that is absolutely driving me up a wall, and you know that I've I've told you about this, is so we know these characters, every single one of them is incorporating something. That has happened to them in the 20 years since the show's been off the air. That has happened to them in their life and is now being shown on this reboot. Jason Priestley got, yeah. in, got into directing. He's now directing on this show. Uh, Ian Zeering had a very, you know, young, a very much, a much younger wife. And that was incorporated into the first episode of this show. Jenny Garth, been through three divorces. That's incorporated on this show. Tori Spelling, doing a, sh- doing a reality show with her husband and her five kids. That's incorporated on this show. Brian Austin Green, I think, is the one maybe that's the loosest because nothing from his real life I think is being played out on this show. Maybe the fact that (laughs) Vanessa Marcil is more popular than he is, or his wife is more popular than he is.
1: uh, Megan Fox, yeah. Well, I think it's yeah that he's like he was out. His career was overshadowed by his wife.
0: Okay, so okay, so that's so that's five for five. The Gabriel Carteris (laughs) storyline is driving me nuts because
1: wait, wait, wait. Though she is president of SAG. So that part, that, yes, that part, but yeah, the, uh, the sort of sexual exploration, I don't really know where that's coming from.
0: It's so, <laughs> because I'm, I'm, because I, I told you, I texted you when I'm watching this and I said, wait, <laughs> is she really gay in real life? Cause I don't even know. I looked her up. She's been married for 27 years. Yeah. And I'm like. Why is everyone else's story taken directly from something that happened in their life, but with her, they're not? Well, you know,
1: I, I, I think, honestly, um, you know, I think her main storyline or her main character, trait being president of the Actors Guild or whatever they call it on the show – is, you know, her, the thing that's most taken from real life. But you know, when she said to Tori, um, during on the show during their conversation, before she agreed to do the reboot, that she wanted the reboot to be more inclusive. And she mentioned how, in you know, in the 90s, she wasn't even allowed to touch her black character her black boyfriend her Mm -hmm. character's black boyfriend you know on camera because that was verboten I think that sentiment of I want this reboot to be more inclusive actually may have come you know from Gabby the champion of the actors maybe not because she herself is is experiencing a late in life sexual awakening but just because she is trying to you know, make the show more inclusive. So maybe that's it. But yeah, I agree. It's it's a bummer because like, I, and I'm also giggling like, you know, Googling like, uh, is Christina Lees gay? Yeah, like,
0: trust me. I Google that. Trust me. I Google <laughs> that as well and I've come up with nothing. I don't, it does there's not even anything in there outside of the. We know that back when Beverly Hills 90210 was in its heyday, she did date Jason Priestley yeah. off camera. Yeah. But obviously that was 30 years ago. She could easily be a bisexual or gay woman. Yeah. It could have been then. And just, you know, um, I'm, I haven't found anything with her. I mean, there is nothing know, on and her it's, personal I, life. You
1: know, I not it's funny to me and I think their storyline is fun. Um, you know, who knows? Maybe we'll learn more, but I, um, I generally I think it's a really funny sort of uh, twist. And I think that, you know, Shannon, too, obviously, you know, probably did negotiate for twice the salary (laughs) that everybody else got and good for her. And, um, you know, so uh, I I, one of the joys I have of watching the show is every week figuring out what they you know, what they demanded off camera uh in order to get what we're seeing on camera like I think probably Ian Ziering was like fine I'll be seen as the dinosaur who doesn't understand me too but then you have to make the hot young writer you know have a crush on me so like like all that stuff you can kind of watch it on so many different levels and I love it
0: Uh, and I love the fact that in this reboot that they're doing they acknowledge the fact that they're, you know, the the head writer that wrote the first episode, the one that slept with Jason Priestley's wife on the show. Yeah. Um and they're having all this turmoil and the showrunner was was fired, which is exactly what we were hearing was happening when this show yeah. there's so many yeah. behind the scenes and they're and they're acknowledging that. Like I think it's just really it's it's I, I just didn't I didn't expect that coming from this group. I No, I, I know, really and didn't.
1: I think, and, you know, it's the same creators who did these short lived, uh, but quite funny, uh quasi reality show so notorious with, with, uh, with Tori years ago. So, and that was a really funny show where she spoofed her image. So I think, you know, uh, they've, they've done an excellent job, uh, you know, even for all the like sort of -er groaner storylines that are happening, uh, concurrently, like about, you know, Brian's, uh, you know, (laughs) apparent love child and all this other stuff, you know, it's generally overall, it's delivering such a great, uh, d- mixture of nostalgia and humor every week. Two
0: final quick points I want to make about 90210. Yeah. First off, the by the time people are hearing this, uh, last night's episode will have aired. So we're only going up through episode four, which ended with, they're about to start shooting the first episode of the reboot and there's a fire and somebody is obviously trying to sabotage it. I tweeted it out that night. I'm like, if it is not, it's gotta be Valerie. It's, if it is not Valerie, I'm rioting it would be perfect because there was a falling out in the past between Tori and Jenny and, and, uh, and Tiffany. I don't even know if that is still exists. Apparently it does. And that's why she isn't part of this reboot or she has never given any sort of hint whatsoever that she is part of this reboot. So either they're keeping a hell of a secret or or we're way off, but God, that would be so great if, if, if she becomes part of this show,
1: I really hope it's her. Uh, I have seen the episode episode five, um and i will tell you the question is not answered in that episode so um uh one one person is ruled out um but uh i really hope that the finale and you know based on how well they've done you know like how smart they've been about everything I, i i'm hoping against hope that they've actually pulled you know pulled it pulled one over on us this whole time and like that Tiffany has been involved the whole time and she's going to show up in the finale.
0: God, I hope so. And then the Me only too. the only question I had was um I got to believe that this is getting picked up for a season 2. Have you heard anything?
1: I haven't. I mean, it's uh The ratings have declined, um, although I think they've stabilized, I think because it's relatively cheap, you know, because as we saw, you know, the cast, with the exception possibly of Shannon Doherty, isn't making a ton of money. Um, I've got to believe that they would give it one more season, at least, you know, six episodes sometime in, in the summer. They haven't decided yet, but I really, really, I think the response has been so positive um, that it would, I would be surprised if they wouldn't at least give it another six episodes.
0: I agree. Uh, and if anything, I hope they give them 10. Uh, I think, <laughs> no. I, I think six is like, I mean, I guess six was to whet our appetite and just kind yeah, of test see the waters.
1: Was, yeah. See if there was, uh, an audience for it. Um, but I, hopefully maybe there will be, you know, people discovering it on streaming, you know, uh, after it wraps up, I don't know. I just, I do think it, uh, it is something that they should at least give one more season to.
0: And final thing here, not having to do with Beverly Hills, and 0, we're off that topic, but you being a TV critic for EW.com, you definitely get screeners for the fall mm-hmm. shows. You know, what's coming up on the fall shows. There's a couple that have maybe caught my eye. I think one of them might've even started and I wasn't paying attention to it, but I was like, should I give this time? And that was because it's on ABC and whatever is emergence um I is do you have any suggestions for the fall season for me?
1: Yeah, um in the new issue of EW which will be out uh next week our fall preview, I have a list of uh eight new shows that I enjoyed and I'm looking forward to seeing more of a couple of them. Um one of them starts pretty soon. There's one on uh Netflix called Unbelievable starting September 13th and that's A true crime uh, inspired uh, drama starring Tony Collette and Merritt Weaver as detectives investigating a serial rapist. And I loved it. They're great. Um, If you like Catherine Hahn, a lot of people love her from Transparent and other things. She has a new HBO show called Mrs. Fletcher, which is based on a Tom Parada novel that's starting in October on HBO. Um, I did actually see uh, Amazon's Modern Love which is the adaptation, sort of an anthology series uh, based on the New York Times column. And um, so each episode is a new story, a new cast and a lot of big stars. And I really, I saw three episodes of that really loved it. Um, And, you know, I got to say, I saw two episodes of the morning show, which is that big Apple TV plus show starring Jennifer Aniston and Reese Witherspoon and Steve Carell. And you know, the two episodes I saw were really, really good. Um, and you know, it's hard to, I, you know, so I'm recommending it on the, uh, unfortunately though we don't have any idea like how much will Apple TV cost, you know? So, <laughs> you know, you will have to spend money for a new service. Uh, but if it's something within your budget and again, we don't know when, when it will premiere, uh, or when it will, uh, how it will stream, but, um, it definitely is worth checking out.
0: Anything on emergence? Can you help me out on that? You know, I saw
1: Emergence. I really like Alison Tolman. Um, I liked the pilot. I'm a little wary of any ABC show built around a large uh, mythology because there have been a lot of really, you know, like I liked The Crossing and that went nowhere and was canceled. There was The Family about the kidnapped kid, who was he truly the kid he said he was. There was the one about the people coming back to life. Remember, um... Uh, not Resurrection. Was it called Resurrection? There, uh, ABCs have a lot of these shows where it's like this big mystery and it's very high concept. And then it just either gets canceled or peters out because they don't know where they're going. I really like Alison Tolman. Um, there's a creepy kid in it. Um, I think it has promise. I would just, as with any of those shows, I would be a little wary of getting too attached because, you know, they, they tend not to sur- survive on
0: abc yeah i think the big one that uh we all know that we're waiting for is uh season two of temptation island starting starting october 10th um yeah looking forward to that but that'll be starting october 10th on usa i'll have plenty of coverage of that on yes on my site the the if you want to go to usa's site you can actually see the four couples who are going to be on the show you can see uh headshots and bios of all the singles uh the 12 men and 12 women so, yeah, it's all out there, so just you'll be ready to go uh, come uh. I'm October excited. 10th. Yes, so am I. Uh, Kristen, thank you so much again for coming on time number three. Um yes. This is – it's always fun talking to you about TV and stuff. Uh, I'm sure I'll be texting you during the uh, Beverly Hills 90210 <laughs> tonight, giving you my thoughts <laughs> and wondering if Gabrielle Carteris is having a uh, late-in-her-life uh, sexual revolution, and maybe she is – this is her way of kind of telling people uh, she wants to come uh, out. I, I have her. no idea.
1: Yeah. And like, yeah, if you find out anything about that or Christine and Lisa's orientation in real life, please yeah. let me know.
0: <laughs> Will do. Uh, thank okay. you very much, Kristen, for coming on. Appreciate it.
1: Uh, happy to be here.
0: Thanks. Bye. Bye. Thank you so much to Kristen for coming on. I love having her on to talk not only Bachelor stuff, but TV because she's lucky enough to be one of those critics where she gets a lot of screeners of the early shows and stuff like that. I wish we could have gotten to more shows. We were on a time crunch today, um, and I love talking to her about TV, and yes, I do text her during Beverly Hills 90210 uh, when I have questions. Um, the Andrea Andrea thing is is just like so out of left field for me that, you know, if you're watching the reboot and you know what I'm talking about, It's like, yeah, every every contestant, thinking of The Bachelor, every character on that show, what they're incorporating on the show is something that is taken strictly, you know, right out of their real life. Something that's happened to them in the last 20 years and the Andrea wanting to be with a woman thing is just, it's so random because it doesn't fit with everybody else's. And obviously she can if that's what she wants and that's the storyline they want to do. But when everybody else is taking stuff that is from their real life and then there's that and it literally made me Google, I had no idea if she was married, divorced, if she was, you know, now dating women. I had no idea. And same with Christina Elise, who plays Emily Valentine. So we'll see. Uh, we'll see how that goes. And uh, if something ever comes of it or if it's, or it's strictly just for television. So it seems like it's just for television, but, you know, you start to ask questions because I don't know. Anyway, thanks again to Kristen for coming on. Thank you all for listening. Please rate, subscribe, and review in Apple Podcasts. If you want to unsubscribe every week and then resubscribe, that'd be great. Uh, rate it as a five because I think it is. Uh, if you want to leave comments, uh, that's great as well. So as you know, I'm off to Vegas. So by the time you hear this, I'll probably be uh, implanted at the uh, casino um, at the Venetian for the next four days. Well, actually, I shouldn't say that. The next two days, probably. Then Saturday, Sunday, I'll have my butt in the sports book for probably 10 hours each day, which is always fun. This is my one trip. It's my trip every year that I really look forward to. And uh, this and March Madness. March Madness has been added since I started that three years ago. But, uh, yeah, this is a very fun trip. and I can't wait. So I hope you enjoyed this podcast and wish me luck. So... Thanks again to Kristen. Thank you all for tuning in. I really appreciate it. And we will talk to you next week. See ya.